for me, I, I try very hard to make choices that lead me to stepping towards the things I want instead of making choices based on running away from things that I'm fearful of. Welcome back to a new season of Big Little Choices. This is Shri, and I'm so excited to bring you more stories, more inspiring choices, and more opportunities for all of us to learn about what other amazing women and mothers are doing. We really want this season to inspire you and to make a choice or choices that are right for you. If you've heard episodes from the previous season, I hope your takeaway was that you can make an unconventional choice, stay true to yourself, and still have a happy ending. Hope you enjoy the show. In today's conversation, you'll hear from Sarah. Sarah grew up in a suburb of St. Louis, Missouri as one of three kids and considers her older brothers as having had considerable influence on her. After her parents got divorced when she was seven, she grew up with her mom and was raised to be independent and confident in her choices. Like most of us do in our younger years, she defines success by outward markers like her education and capabilities at work. But all that changed once she had her children. Sarah talks about her choice to have both her children via a home birth. Even though the rates of home births are increasing, only about 1% of all deliveries in the US are done at home. So I was very eager to hear Sarah's story on why she made this choice and why it was so important for her and her family. So when I was in graduate school in 2009-10, we did some reading on, on home birth actually, and specifically around a woman named Ina Mae Gaskin, who is a pretty storied midwife from the 70s, 80s, and it was the first time I'd ever thought about home birth at all. Um, I'm sure if you'd asked me prior to doing those readings, I would have assumed that the only people doing home births were fundamentalist, off-the-grid, anti-establishment people, which um, is not obviously always the case. So in doing those readings, I really learned for the first time that there were women seeking to do birth in a different way outside of the outside of the medical establishment and what their reasons were, which are varied, but a lot of times women wanted to really own their entire experience and, and feel autonomous over their body and feel like they had the support of, of somebody, namely a midwife, who sees birth in this sort of uninterrupted way and didn't see it as a in a clinical lens necessarily. So I, this was just my first experience reading about this, and it really resonated with me, especially the idea that a laboring woman is not sick. So to take her to the hospital necessarily in a moment when she's not having a challenge that needs medical help kind of feels incongruent. This really resonated with me, and I thought, you know, one day if I'm lucky enough to birth my own children, I, I'd like to try to go for it in this direction. It was it was some number of years later that my my husband and I were were together and before we got married I said we knew we both wanted children and I said I just want you to know I would really like to try for a home birth and I think it came as a bit of a, a shock to him. He like 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 I he had not given it much thought, probably even less so being that he's a man, maybe that's a stereotype, but he had not given it much thought and he sort of didn't 
see any reason to not go to the hospital or, or not to sort of take the traditional path. But once we really dove into it together, you know, it had been a few years since I'd done all these readings and he really challenged me also. I, we delved into the research together. You know, is this really right? Or was I making sort of an emotional reactional choice based on these articles I'd read in graduate school? But once we dove into the research and learned the statistics that for low risk pregnancies, when you are near a hospital, so that means you don't live an hour outside of a major metropolitan area or anything, but for a place like us in San Francisco, if you have a low-risk pregnancy and you're attended by a, a midwife, the statistics are, are equal to what you find for birth outcomes in the hospital. So it didn't take a whole lot of time for him to not only become excited, but to really sort of be a champion of the idea of home birth. So tell me more as to when you eventually came to the point in your life when you were ready to get pregnant and start a family. We decided to start trying right after we got married, and we did get pregnant right away. And we interviewed a couple of midwives in San Francisco and decided on one and started our our journey toward uh, home birth. So I read in one of the articles you wrote that it requires a fair amount of planning to have a home birth. And I think you specifically mentioned logistical, mental, and physical prep that goes into planning an event like this. So I definitely want to hear more about that. And also, it sounds like, you know, you just mentioned that you had started interviewing midwives at this point, that I'm assuming it's not just finding a person to help you through the birth process, but really finding somebody that you trust and who aligns with your own vision of what you want your birth story to look like. Absolutely. Interviewing midwives and doulas, you're you're absolutely right to find people that feel like they're aligned with what you're trying to just just align with your personality because part of the whole idea around it, for me anyway for having a home birth was to know the providers that I would have and I think oftentimes at the hospital you may or may not have your doctor be able to be present either because of scheduling or I guess mostly schedule, <laughs> scheduling or sometimes at hospitals they sort of work in teams and, and whatnot which is great on the one hand but um a lot of the reading I had done had to do with the, really promoted the idea that the safer and more relaxed you feel, the more likely you are to have the outcomes that you seek, which for me was to have a a birth that didn't require any sort of interventions, if at all possible. So I had to find midwives and doulas that I felt very comfortable with and who I felt were really qualified so that they could take care of me the way I felt I would probably need to be taken care of. Of course, it's always a little hard since you've never given birth before and birth is kind of unwieldy (laughs) in its way, so you're not quite sure what what will come up. So yeah, and then in terms, so a lot of the logistics are are that, where will we birth in the room, in in the house? Um, How does the midwife come? When do you call them? Some of the same stuff that anybody learns when they're pregnant, you know, at what point do you go to the hospital? things of that uh, nature. But then there's just, as you mentioned, a lot more with the home birth, especially we, we had a, a birthing tub for my first, for my daughter. Um, so to set up this basically hot tub in your living room, you have to either blow up or construct this this apparatus that you leave in your living room starting around 36 weeks. And then once you go into labor, you can fill it so that it's ready to be a, a birthing tub if you if you want to use that during your labor. So 
and just all the things that the midwife brings with with her when she comes there's a lot of things you need to have on hand medical supplies and so forth so there's the logistical prep physical for me just meant how can i keep up my my physical stamina i was i was doing yoga from uh, a lot for my when i was during my first pregnancy and during my second i also did a lot of body work some acupuncture and quite a few pregnancy massages with somebody i felt was very skilled in helping align my body in a way to help make the birth process easier and more fluid and physically just being sort of ready for a big athletic task which birth is oftentimes and then mental for me when choosing to do do the home birth i really had to get in the right mindset how was i going to work with the fears that come up for a lot of women during childbirth uh, and in preparation for something that we've been told our whole lives is difficult and painful and so how do you get your mind in the right place to say okay i'm going to be in pain how will I cope with it in the moment? So for me, I did a lot of, um, I took a hypnobirthing class, did quite a lot of guided meditations around how to deal with your pain during birth and a lot of breathing exercises and talking to my husband about how I may or may not want him to show up during the birth and what he might feel like if I reject him in the middle of the birth. Uh, how can he feel like he's present? What happens if he feels scared? How can he, reflect confidence to me or when does he speak up things like that just sort of working through all of that and i really would urge anybody to do those no matter where you want to birth because it it brings so much more intention to this this big challenging exciting scary milestone of giving birth and i think if i hadn't had the home birth i would have shunned away from really thinking it through because for me and for a lot of people, there's a lot of fear there, right? I mean, it can, it's, a, it's a big, scary unknown that we're about to go through. And once you're pregnant, you can't really get out of it, right? <laughs> and I think you bring up some really interesting things, particularly this idea of fear. And I think it exists for all of us, regardless of how we end up giving birth, right? A home birth, um, hospital birth, a C-section, whatever it might be. But I'm assuming that when you have a home birth, it's even more amplified because in some ways you're not within the four walls of a hospital where you might have this peace of mind knowing that whatever complications might come up, there is a skilled professional who is going to handle it for you immediately. I mean, not like the midwife can't. But given there is already fear in this process, did you ever feel like you were taking on a bigger responsibility in terms of giving a home birth? And if that caused more fear in you? Yes. Um, well, so, I mean, for me personally, I have... I had had and have fear around what I consider unnecessary medical interventions. I absolutely believe that there are many circumstances in which medical interventions are necessary and moreover wanted by a birthing woman. But for me, I didn't want any of that to happen if I, if I didn't want it to happen. And I felt that with the system of the, the medical system, for all of its wonderful life-saving abilities in birth and otherwise, it is a system. And so they tend to try to anticipate how a birth is going to progress in sort of a linear systems-based way. And birth often doesn't arrive like that. So I just didn't want to be ushered through sort of a timeline or a pace 
that wasn't what my body needed in the birth process. So for me, there was fear in using the hospital because I was fearful of, of having the autonomy of my own experience and, and my body being taken away from me. So I felt if I could be at home with a skilled midwife, I would not have to have the fear of sort of fighting against the medical system. But a little bit more to your question, is there fear of, you know, having sort of not being close to those medical uh, intervention, those same medical interventions, if, if it were to come up. And, and certainly that is, that is something that, that arose for me. And one of the things I talked about with my midwife, and she said that in low risk pregnancies, you can see most problems coming from a mile away. It, you know, if you're working with a skilled, certified professional midwife, she is taking, you know, the baby's heart rate during throughout the, the pregnancy. She is checking your blood pressure. She is with you. You know, she's not coming into the room and leaving and coming in the room, which again, I'm not meaning to say that the fact that doctors do that is bad or anything, but she's right there sort of laboring with me. And she's seen a wide variety of what a, a more natural, unmedicated, untempered with birth looks like. So she can kind of see when things are maybe not going the way that they they ought to. And so she said, you know, we're right. We're very close here in San Francisco. My backup hospital was UCSF. I was actually receiving concurrent care at UCSF throughout my pregnancy for my ultrasounds and blood work and so forth. So they already had my file. I was already registered there and it was right down the street. So I felt that I wasn't taking a greater risk, if you will, to be doing it outside of the hospital because I knew my midwife was ready to transfer at the drop of a hat anytime she saw that we might need, or if I said that I wanted in the birth process, you know, oh, I think I want, I want an epidural or anything like that. We can change course midway and, and let's go to the hospital. And did it even feel right when you were in the process in the middle of giving birth? Did you have any doubts about, you know, is this right for me? Why am I doing this? Should I continue pushing through this? Is this time to switch over and move to the hospital? Were there any doubts like this during the actual birthing process? Um, yeah, <laughs> but I think that, well, I don't think. I know that for both of my births, my, my moment of doubt came during what I now know was the transition period. So the moment between when your contractions are meant to open your cervix and the next stage where your body begins pushing the baby out is, is commonly referred to as transition because the uterus has stopped trying to open the cervix and is getting ready to push the baby down and inject the baby through the canal. Um, and there's often, this is often a time when women express doubt in the process. It's sort of I actually don't exactly know why, but I know through my discussions and readings that this is a common time. And now I didn't know at the time that it was transition because I was just in the process of the of the birth. But I now know that in both births, I expressed doubt during those moments. I think that it does come up, but my experience is that without sort of anything to dull the, the the intensity of the birth process, I didn't have time to fix it on that thought. Oh, well, should I, should I change? Should I go to the hospital? Is this bad? Does it mean something's wrong? Like I don't have time or mental space to have those thoughts because the next contraction's on you and you just are in it. Did you ever wonder if this process would have an impact on your child? Well, I had come to believe in an ideal world that that having a baby without 
medical intervention was the best thing for my child. I mean, that's really what it stemmed from is, is my belief through my readings that this was barring any emergency situation that required some sort of intervention. If an intervention was not medically necessary, I felt it was better to have the child without it. There are studies that say that the ability to breastfeed more easily, the connection, the bond that you have with the baby when you when the baby doesn't have any drugs in its system when it comes, the oxytocin levels that the mother gets from the natural um, high of having had the baby push the baby out in this particular way. These these are things that we can we can mark as being very good for, for moms, for their mental health after, after birth, for their healing, and also for their connection to their baby and for their baby's ability to cope with the somewhat traumatic process of having gone through a birth canal, assuming you have a baby through the birth canal, obviously. I believe that this was the best decision for my baby. And then I also believed that my midwife would be able to see that path is no longer going to work because there's X, Y, and Z things that have cropped up. And so therefore we're going to go to the hospital to do the right thing by this mother and baby. So I didn't personally feel like I was taking any sort of additional risk. And, but on the contrary, felt like I was actually making a very good decision for my child by choosing to try to keep the process as unintervened as possible. Amazing. I think a choice like this requires a lot of conviction given the physical endurance you need to have during childbirth. So I want to hear about how all of this came together, you know, reading about home birth in a book, implementing it into your actual birth story, while keeping in mind factors like fear and risk that come with a choice like this. Well, first and foremost, it was having the support of my partner, I would say. When he was skeptical, when my husband was skeptical at first, uh, I was a little, you know, I, I trust him. I, I chose him as my partner. I really feel that his opinions and ideas, I, I, I take them very seriously. And so when he was at first skeptical, I thought, oh, this may not be the thing that's going to be right for us. And once we were able to digest it and um, delve into it more, and he was convinced he wasn't acquiescing to my ideas, that he was convinced this was the right thing and was excited for it and was right there with me, that was the first step. And then after that, I think picking the right team to have around you, in my case, midwives and doulas, is also a huge um, marker of feeling more confident in the decision because with midwifery care, you have one hour long appointments from the beginning. So once a month for the first and second trimesters. And then once you hit 32 weeks, you have them every other week. And then once you hit 36 weeks, it's every week and it's an entire hour. So my husband and I would go to both appointments, would go together to these appointments and really talk through things. Um, you know, what is going to happen next? What are you feeling in your body? What are you coping with outside of this pregnancy? Is there stress? Are you feeling different about the birthing process? What birthing class are you taking? And so it was almost like therapy a little bit to discuss what was going on in your life and how that might be impacting your mental state and who else is going to be you know, with you when you birth or what are you concerned about? Things of that nature. So I think Having that sort of hand-holding, you know, the midwife and the doula really having these, these big conversations and feeling like I had a, a mini 
tribe around me of women who were much more experienced in the area of birth than I was, especially my first time around, just felt very supportive and warm and nurturing. So felt more and more like the path I wanted to be on, the more we invested in it. And so, Sarah, this sounds like an incredible journey. And, you know, you did it not once, but you made this choice twice. And it's incredible that it's all worked out for you. You had a safe delivery and two healthy children. So what I'd love to hear from you next is, as you think about these two home births that you had, and I know you've also written a book on this topic, is what did this choice teach you about your own abilities as a woman? And particularly because I read an article that you wrote which says that we give birth to more than our children. So in that context, I want to hear more about this in terms of what this whole experience meant to you. Absolutely. It has changed me in, in quite a few ways, but mostly I would say the, the first I, I did talk about a little bit earlier, which is going through the process of being very intentional with my husband around what was right for us. So the first time around, what was right for me, what felt right for him and our family, and the second time around, that included my daughter, who was already born. Obviously, I was the birthing woman in this instance, but we also have to think about what does it mean for our partner and our home life and our partnership and then our daughter and how she relates to birth in the future and will she be present for the birth of her sibling. Things like this, we had to discuss all of that. So just the act of going through the process of being thinking all of that through has changed us and brought us closer together as a family unit. I would say more profoundly for me personally, just the act of birthing itself has irrevocably changed who I am. It's as though birthing my daughter sort of awakened this dormant feminine energy that I didn't I didn't touch into before. It, it was it was there, but I never even knew it was there until I went through this process. And the way that really manifests for me personally is I. I feel that before she was born, I was often sort of seeking this outward outward metrics of success, if you will, just sort of proving that I was an intelligent or capable or getting advanced degrees and things of this nature it just felt really like what I needed to define myself. But after birthing her and feeling like I owned the whole process myself and feeling every inch of the challenge, I inherently know my own power and worth and I, I don't look for other people to mirror what they see in me as my power and worth because I've I know it. I've, I've felt it in this very primal way and I now feel connected sort of to other women who have who have birthed, everybody who's ever birthed before us, the, all the women around that are parents or future parents, it's like we, we're, we're all connected by this thing that before you've gone through birth, no matter how you go through birth, but no, until you've gone through it, you don't recognize that level of love, that level of energy, that level of power, the capability that we have to make life. And after, after birthing, it feels like, I don't know, climbing the corporate ladder or nailing a presentation at work just seems pretty straightforward in comparison. So that was a, a huge shift for me. And it took me a lot of time to unpack that in retrospect and, and, and see that change in myself. And then for my son, I sort of expected a similar sort of superhuman feeling as soon as he was born that I had the first time around, like, whoa, did I really just do this? And, and it was there to some extent, but it was very different. And so it's taken me, he just turned a year recently, so it's taken me pretty much a year to reflect differently on his because 
I remember saying to my team, I, I felt a little bit more of a crazy high the first time after birthing my daughter. And they said, the first time you birth your child and you birth yourself into a mother, the second time you birth your second child, but you're already a mother. So I sort of really thought, well, what, well, what else is born than this second time? I, I had sort of spent so much time reflecting on this additional thing, this power, this, this empowered feeling that I had the first time around. I prompted me, like you said, to write a book on the topic. I, I felt so fundamentally transformed and changed that the second time around, I thought, well, where is that? I still, I mean, I loved my son as much as my daughter. I was so thrilled to have him here, but what's the extra thing? And um, it really feels like birthing him um, has solidified us as a family, which is sort of what I have come to realize. His birth additionally brought this rootedness to our family that was a little different with my first. Sarah's story is so different from mine. I had a C-section, not by choice, but because of a previous surgery that put me at risk for a natural birth. And honestly never felt like I had any control over the process. And that's what I loved about Sarah's story, is this idea that you can take complete control of your birthing process, no matter what it might be, and feel empowered about this incredible life event that we often don't have time to reflect on because we're so quickly ushered into the next phase of becoming a mother. Sarah's story is a great example of how we, as moms, can exercise our choices starting all the way from childbirth. As I mentioned, she also wrote a book on this topic called Find Your Birth Joy to help women feel empowered by their labor and birth stories. So to wrap up our chat, I asked Sarah if she had any final thoughts on how she thinks about making choices in her life. You know, for me, I, I try very hard to make choices that lead me to stepping towards the things I want instead of making choices based on running away from things that I'm fearful of. And it's not always easy. <laughs> um, and that can be from just having a challenging conversation to, you know, how you want to birth your children or what type of career to go after or whether to move to a new city or, or, or anything. But I always find it's better if I take the time to think it through and then try to step as confidently as I can towards what I want instead of shying away from what I don't. So that's what I hope for everybody is that we can find the confidence to do what's right for us. Thank you for listening to this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back soon with another interview. And until then, if you have any feedback or comments on the kinds of choices you want to hear more about, let me know.